John 20, verses 1 to 18. The Empty Tomb Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. So what's different about Easter this year? Many people would say that everything is different. Normally, it's the first big getaway of the year, isn't it? The roads are crowded, the hotels are full, the beaches are alive. After the intensity of the winter months, the first chance to get out and do something different, celebrating spring, looking forward to summer. And yet this year, the consistent cry of the government is stay at home. In spite of the glorious weather of the last few days, we are all being held in our own homes. And so I would presume today that the roads are quiet, the hotels are closed, the beaches, just a few people 
uh, who are local walking there for their daily exercise. By contrast, the busiest places today will be the wards and the intensive care units of hospitals where dedicated staff are treating those with coronavirus and we need to hold them before God in our prayers. There will be those among us today who know of people who are unwell and deeply concerned for them and this will cast a shadow over a day of joyful celebration. Indeed, so much is very different today. For Christians, Easter is always a time of exciting celebration and churches are full of life and joy. I have some great memories of Easter Sunday mornings. When we used to live in Enfield, we'd go out to a place called Forty Hall and we'd have an Easter sunrise service. Some days it was cloudy, but other days it was really sunny. You could see the sun rising as we were singing. It was uh, absolutely remarkable. And then we'd go back to one or another home for a wonderful Easter breakfast and then on to church for worship. I had great memories of those times. Indeed, going back even further, it was on an Easter Sunday when as a very young person, I was first of all invited to preach and uh, went to a church not far from where we were living and uh, someone else led the service and they asked me to give the sermon. I felt a little bit sorry as I think back to the congregation at that time. I must have been very young and naive, but uh, it was great to have that opportunity and it clearly started something which has continued. Two years ago, Francis and I went to Uganda over Easter. I think it was the only time when I've not been in the local congregation where I've been serving as minister. Uh, and it was great again to experience Easter in a different context, a different culture. And in Uganda, Palm Sunday is a very big day. Everyone is out waving palm branches and singing. And Easter day also is a fantastic celebration. Many of you will have church traditions and family traditions and things that are important to you normally about Easter. And yet this year, it's all so different. St Peter's Square in Rome is empty. The cathedrals of the UK are empty. Our church building is empty. Does that mean Easter is cancelled this year? I had a message that came through last week, which simply said, don't worry if your church building is closed on Easter Sunday. The tomb was empty as well. Easter Day does not depend on what we do to celebrate the year 2020, but rather Easter Day depends on what God did on the first Easter Sunday when he raised Jesus to life. And so 2020 is not really the year when everything is different. It is the year when lots of things are different and there's a sense in which the current situation that we're experiencing has an impact across the whole world. We do feel as if life may never be quite the same again. But this is not the year in which everything is different. Questions of life and death remain the same. Issues of truth and justice remain the same. Challenges around the meaning and purpose of life remain the same. Understanding our identity and our goals in life, this all remains the same. And the real difference for the world is not what is happening in Easter 2020, but what happened on that first Easter Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead. That is the Easter when everything really changed. 
That is the Easter which actually makes a difference to our life today. So although it may seem very different this year, the real difference depends on our response to what happened in that first Easter. So how did that first Easter really change the world? There were four things that happened at that time, and I touch on them very briefly. The first, of course, is that the tomb was empty. Our story in uh, John's account of the resurrection, John chapter 20, and verses 1 to 10 talks about that empty tomb. And all the gospel accounts make a reference to it, that the body of Jesus was no longer in that place. The stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty. That fact in itself did not necessarily generate faith. It created bewilderment, a wondering what was going on here. But that was the starting point. The tomb was empty. And then, of course, Jesus appeared to his disciples many times. Again, from our story in John's account, there was uh, Jesus appearing to Mary. Mary assumed that he was the gardener. That's how we know it was all in a garden. And then Jesus spoke her name, Mary. And she responded, Rabboni. She realised that it was Jesus. And not long after, he appeared to others of the disciples so that in that first day, there were many different appearances. And then in the weeks that followed, there were more. And so the disciples, this is the third thing, were totally changed from being those who had been frightened, terrified, ashamed of what had happened on Good Friday. They now became convinced that their master was alive again. And they were excited and they were joyful, which of course led to the fact that the church was born. And the church on the day of Pentecost rediscovered the experience of power of the Holy Spirit and went out to be witnesses to Jesus in lots of amazing ways. These were the things that happened in the first Easter. The tomb was empty. Jesus was seen alive by many different people. The disciples were totally changed and the church was born. And then the Apostle Paul sets out a bit of an argument in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 14 onwards. He asks the question, what if Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead? And he basically says, in a very loose paraphrase, that the whole of this religious thing is a complete waste of time. Preaching is useless. Faith is useless. We're still living in our sins. There is no hope beyond the grave. It's quite a negative scenario. But then the Apostle Paul goes on to say, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. That's really our key verse for today. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Death no longer has the last word. There is life beyond the grave. Light has overcome all darkness. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never put it out. The light of Jesus that appeared to have extinguished as he breathed his last on the cross was now bursting again into life. And that light was shining for all mankind to see. Love is stronger than all fears. The events of Easter shows how much God loves the whole world, that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not die but have everlasting life. 
And that love of God embraces all mankind, all those whom he has created. He so longs that everyone should discover his love for themselves. And hope for this life and for eternity is real because Jesus rose from the dead. Life can be so different now and it can be so different after we die. And so in the Christian life, we can really say that every day is actually an Easter day because we're celebrating these truths, these amazing things, which were the outcome of Jesus rising from the dead. Today is indeed a day of special celebration, but as each new day dawns, the joy of the resurrection life overflows to all who are trusting in Jesus, and that is so exciting. So I wonder today, Have you really discovered what it means to believe in Jesus? To ask for his forgiveness? To seek his new life and to celebrate the wonder and joy of his presence with you every day? When we talk about Jesus being alive, does something inside of you rise up with faith and love and hope, almost as if there's an echo in your heart as you listen to these things? Or is it just empty words? Now, I know that for many of you listening to this message, your faith is very real and you know exactly what I mean. But there may be some of you who are more in a place of searching, of wondering, of longing, longing to know in your heart the forgiveness and the new life that Jesus is able to bring. And so as I continue to speak now, some words are going to come up on the screen, which are a prayer. They're a simple prayer, but they are an amazing prayer. Because this is a prayer that you can use as a commitment to Christ. And it may be that today, for the first time, you are realising how much God loves you. All that Jesus has done for you, that amazing difference of Easter Sunday, the first Easter day, when Jesus rose from the dead, and all the difference that that made to the first disciples and all the difference that it makes to us today. And it may be that God is speaking to you and calling you to put your trust in Jesus now. And if that is the case, I invite you to make these words of this prayer your own. As I say the words, echo them, in your own heart and mind, and allow Jesus to touch your life now. Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you as Saviour, asking you to forgive me for all the wrong things I have thought and said and done in my life. I choose to turn away from everything that I know is wrong, I believe that you died on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me the gift of eternal life. I now receive that gift. Please come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and make it possible for me to walk by faith with you, my Lord and my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.
Now, if you have prayed that prayer for the first time today, then please do get in touch and let me know. You can use the contact minister address on our church website or any other contact details that you have. And we can help by linking you up with other people who can help you to move on in your life with Jesus.